Alright, so uh, good morning everyone. So this, welcome to our Sunday school and uh, praise the Lord that you, uh, you came here to listen to uh, uh, this lesson, uh, Doctrine of Health. So we're going to study about, uh, we're going to talk about in detail um, the dimensions of hell, about hell, the description, what does the Bible says about it. We're going to discuss uh, every aspect of it, what's the purpose, why should we study it. So before we start, let's all uh, open up in a word of prayer. Uh, Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you've given to us, Lord. And also, Lord, give me utterance, uh, Lord, give me wisdom on how to explain these things, Lord. And also, Lord, help us. Um, to understand your your doctrine, Lord, and Lord, uh, bless this day, forgive us our sins, shortcomings, yes, Christ's name, we pray, amen. We're going to discuss about the doctrine of hell. Hell is a reality, but subject to everybody. Uh, it's a subject everybody ignores. Why do we mean by everybody ignores? As you can see now, in the modern age, nobody talks about hell. It's like um, whenever they don't like opening up about this subject because it's scary, it scares everyone else, we need to share the love of God. That's a major priority. We don't discuss sin. So most of the churches now, it's very sadly, um, they no longer discuss sin. Most of the churches that I found, uh, I have a friend who lives in the meeting. And most of the churches there no longer discusses about hell. The reason being is because if you discuss hell, God is not love. So we will discuss that later on if that if hell actually contradicts with God's nature. Hmm. There are 162 texts in the New Testament alone which speak of the doom of sinners and unrepentant, over 70 of them uttered by the Lord himself. Think lightly of hell and you will think lightly of the cross. So this is very important because if we yep. think lightly of the hell, so it's like the cross is also, uh, it's, it's it loses its value. Yep. Because when you increase the value of hell, the punishment of hell, then you will start to appreciate what the cross of, has done for us. Yep. Think little of the suffering of lost souls and you will soon think little of the Savior who delivers you from them. This is according to Charles Spurgeon. Um, and also the Bible this, uh, teaches that the wicked who finally reject Christ will be turned into hell. So, uh, the wicked shall be turned into hell in Psalms 9.17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Is there an everlasting hell? The Bible declares that there is. So when we say that everlasting, so it never ends. Once you're there, there's no... It's an entrance but doesn't have any exit. So we will, we will get into that. There are some doctrines that are spreading out there. And sadly, these are Bible, so-called Bible students. They said, once you go to the hell, you still have a chance. I don't know how they got it because they, they somehow translated certain words from the Bible into Greek. And then they said, there should be an end. Some they said because uh, there should be a third chance. There's no, there should be a second chance. No, there's no second chance. Because if you look at what the, uh, what's the character of God when He poured His judgment, when 
when Noah created the ark, God commanded Noah to preach to all of the people that they need to get into the ark so that they won't suffer the consequences of the flood. So what they did, when, this, when it starts raining, what happened? The Lord shut the door. So there's no second chance. Right. Once the judgment has come, there's no turning back. Yeah. That's final. Yeah. It's like when the judge says, you're going to prison, or you're going to be uh, uh, executed by, what do you call this, uh, famous in the Philippines, uh, as a capital punishment before, shoot, what do you call that? Parse the firing squad, and then the judge will say, Ah, oh, I changed my mind. What kind of judge is that? <clears throat> so, by definition, hell is a place of eternal conscious punishment that is described in Matthew chapter 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil. And his angels. So hell is not really designed for men. It is initially designed for the devil, Satan, and his angels. It so happened that um, we got we got into this trouble because of sin. Because we we uh, Eve got deceived, and then Eve uh, and then Adam willfully sinned against the Lord. So that's how it all started. Hell is a banishment from the presence of God. It says here in 2 Thessalonians 1.9, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. So these are the present teachings about hell. So we will, we will talk about, uh, there's plenty of, um, I cannot call this sect, but these are just, I would say, belief system. Let's say, uh, what Jehovah's Witnesses, they say, Hell is the grave. We will discuss how did they come up with this. Hell is just that's the grave. You will only sleep in that. Mormons, there's no literal burning hell. Pope John Paul said, Hell should be seen not as a fiery underworld, but as the state of those who freely and definitely separate themselves from God, the source of all life and joy. So these are their definition, but it doesn't fit God's definition. Because the word of God is clearly, uh, it's not agreeing with these people. And even, sadly, even Billy Graham, I believe that hell is essentially separation from God. That's true. Uh, that we are separated from God, so we can have hell in this life and hell in the life to come. But to describe hell in vivid terms like I might have done 30, 40 years ago, I'm not at liberty to do that because whether it is actually a fire hell or not, I don't know. But the Bible described is a fiery hell. It's clearly from the Bible. Yep. So where is the where is where is exactly this hell? Where is it located? Um, according to the Bible, it says here in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 9, hell is uh, from beneath smooth from thee to meet thee at thy coming. So it's down. Um, I remember I found a, when I was uh, in, at elementary school, we have this, um, I, I cannot describe if it's really a Sunday school, but it's like an extra curricular activity where let's say if you're attending a, uh, or attending a school and then at the same time that school is also a church, 
we have these special uh, special sessions for any discoveries about science or exploration uh, down uh, underneath the sea. Some um, some people trying to they're not really actually looking for help. There's a I don't know where exactly, I forgot about it. There's a huge pit, it's an abandoned mine that's so deep that no one can get there. They put a microphone down. I forgot what was the reason why they put the microphone. And the microphone was so sensitive. They were shocked because when they played the audio, the people are screaming. You can hear literally, it's, it's scary. I remember when I was a kid, that was so scary because I can hear like people screaming. People are in pain. But it's, it's, it's unreal. So here in also describes in Ezekiel 32, 27, and they shall not lie with the mighty that are fallen of the uncircumcised which are gone down to hell. So it's underneath us. Uh, the earth opened and they went down alive into the pit. This is mentioned in number 16, 30. So just a... Uh, I just pick up that script into the pit and then Sheol that is the term in Hebrew when you translate it it becomes a pit so we will, dis we will describe because Sheol mentioned many times in Old Testament but they got translated into different words in English but we will dis discuss about that why those things happen and those translations so translations of hell in the original language, the three terms are used Sheol and Hades. Hades is the Greek word, so in New Testament, the word that's been used is Hades. Uh, in English, this has been translated to hell, pit, or grave. Of course, when you're translating stuff, you don't not just translate it, you also get the context and you use the proper words for that. So that's why we have even though it's Sheol or all of those terms, but if you translate it in English, it depends on the context. Because in English, we have different terms for those things. And you know, it happens also uh, the other way around. Sometimes we only have one English word, but, but actually the original has three definitions. For example, it's love. We have agape, uh, phileo, and uh, what the only other one? Eros, but when you translate those Greek words, it becomes this one, this is love. So same same situations here. So we have to be uh, we have to be we have to carefully you know study all of the verses that uses this term so that we could get the context. We just don't just take one. Oh, it says here it's great, so therefore it's the hell is just great. So that's how Jehovah's Witnesses got it. <clears throat> This is the origin of hell. Hell was originally prepared for the devil and his wicked angels. Uh, we read this before. Matthew 25, 41. Hell was never intended for man, but he keeps on rejecting Christ. Then he will go to hell and be Satan, uh, be with Satan forever. You might be wondering, does God send us to hell? The truth is, um, how, do, how do I put this because God is holy God is just he has to he has to put his judgment in order to see that he is right and you're wrong so that's number one and also 
God is holy. He cannot allow sin in His presence. So that's why if you have sin, you will be forever separated from God. So, but He originally designed hell for the devil and his angels. The dimensions of hell. So we might be wondering how big is hell. So according to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 14, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend, descend into it. Hell and destruction shall never pour, shall, shall, are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. So it compares with the satisfaction of man. If the satisfaction of man, you know, it never gets satisfied. It's the same as hell. There's no limit of how much people, how much soul can be packed in into hell. And there's a famous, you know, uh, famous belief in the Philippines that when you go to hell, you can still rejoice with your friends and drink beer. Uh, there is no such thing. Uh, you will be there uh, alone. So we will we will see that in here. Uh, the story of the rich man. Because it's so wide. Have you been to a large room? Even though, for example, uh, here in New Zealand, we are 5 million. But when you go to South Island, you don't feel like a 5 million, right? Because it's so big. It's so vast. So just, just as hell. You know, you're, you are plenty of people in there. But you're, you're around probably 100 million plus. But you won't know because it's so big and you feel like you're alone. I remember when we went to April and I, we went for a honeymoon in, in, in Mount Cook. There is a place, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, I forgot what is, what is that place. But you can feel like you feel alone even though you're knowing that uh, New Zealand is about uh, 6 million people. But the density is so low, you feel so, you're just alone in that place. You're just the only one. So the descriptions of hell, it is a place of punishment according to Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So there's a, there's a contrast, so which means if there's an everlasting punishment, there is also an eternal life. <clears throat> so if you live forever, and then you will get punished forever. So it's like um, it's giving you uh, a contrast. It is a place of torment. So this is when the rich man died. Rich man and Lazarus died. The other one lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So we will explain, we will show this. There's a little bit of illustration later on. How come the, um, the rich man was able to see uh, Abraham afar off? So we will discuss where is this hell exactly. Um, well, not really exactly, but we can just give a... so that it could fit into our imagination. It is a place of fire. It says here, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So which means you, hell is going to be a painful place to be in. I don't know, have you ever imagined like uh, uh, when you touch a, what do you call this, a touch a, 
you accidentally touch a torch that just has been lit and you will get burns just imagine all over your body you will feel the same burns burning sensation not just from the tip of your finger but like your whole body it is a place of worms it says here in mark chapter 9 verse 44 and if thy hand offend thee cut thee cut it off it is better for thee to enter to into a life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched so it's also a place of worms and also it also describes here that um, it is much better for you to cut off your limbs just for you not to get to hell because it's um, it's the really worst place to be in. Let's say, for example, if the condition of going to heaven is you have to pluck, if you, if you have to pluck your eyes, it says in the Bible, you have to pluck it up. If your eyes are bendy, you have to pluck it up. If that's the only way to save, to save you from this destruction, you have to pluck it up. So I'm not saying that uh, we have, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but I'm just saying is that it describes that it's way much better to have those problems than to be in hell. It says here in the place of darkness in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. It's a place of darkness. You won't see anyone. I'm sorry. It says here in Jude 13. I just picked up the verse, but you can look it up. You can take notes. Uh, these are wells without water. Clouds are carried with a tempest to whom the means of darkness is reserved forever. A place of consciousness and feeling. So we already read about that in uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 23. When the rich man went there, uh, he can feel thirst. He can feel pain. So it says here in Luke 16, 24, when he describes um, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So it's going to be everlasting thirst. You might be wondering, why not God send a light of punishment? I'll give you an example. What if there is someone, let's say, your close family and friends and then um, someone broke into their house killed everyone just imagine killed everyone massacred everyone uh, raped the women massacred everyone and then they got caught by the police and then we get when they got into this when they got into courtroom the judge will say Okay, because you did this and did that, you are guilty of murder, multiple counts of murder, multiple counts of rape. Therefore, I will charge you $80 of fine. Do you think you will accept that? Of course not, because it's not just. Uh, it's, it's the same illustration in the, you know, in the 
Same illustration for God. When we sin, it's equivalent to having a heinous crime. That's the equivalent of our sin. So there should be a just punishment for those. Because if you don't show just punishment, if you don't show just punishment, then, then how can you how can you show that how can you show that uh, what do you call this? Yeah, because the term anyway, I'll, I'll get back to I forgot the term. Alright, so let's go to the descriptions of hell. A place without hope and escape. It's Luke, Luke 16, so this is about the rich man, 26. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither they can pass to us that would come from thence. So there's a, from hell, there's a great gulf fixed in then Abraham's bosom. When he saw, when that's why he's reaching out for Abraham to dip his finger to pull his thumb. But the problem is, there's no escape, there's no hope. It's just there's a great gulf fix. I cannot go from there to you, and you and you to here. A place of unfulfilled desire and unanswered prayers. This is also about the rich man in Luke 16:27. 31. It says here, And then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren. So he's basically requesting to save someone. I pray that someone would send to my five brothers, so that these my five brothers will not go to hell. Lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them let them hear them. And then it says here in verse 30, And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. 31. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither they will be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So you can see, no answered prayers unfulfilled desire it's a place of <clears throat> wailing and gnashing of teeth it is already discussed a place of remorse in Luke 27 28 the duration of hell the Bible teaches us that hell that heaven and hell are eternal everlasting Matthew 25 46 and they shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous and the life eternal so there's no there's a good description of this. I think I heard this from Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali described, just to imagine how eternity is like. So eternal punishment is like uh, being in a, for example, you're in a Sahara Desert. For every 1,000 years, you're going to pick up one grain of sand for every 1,000 years. So that's how long it is. And eternity is you have to completely picked up all of the grain of sand in Sahara Desert. So every 1,000 years, you're going to pick one. 1,000 years again, you have to pick one until you have run out of sand. So that's how long it is. I think I read it as a really good description, even though... I don't know if Muhammad Ali is a Christian. I have no idea. Wait. 
we may not be able to understand it, but but we accept that it is true, for God says so. So <clears throat> there is this doctrine is harmony with deeply rooted inborn conviction of men. You object the fact that heaven is eternal, why object eternal punishment? So it just makes sense. And also, um, some churches they don't they don't preach about hell because it invokes fear. Because oh, because it 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 uh, what do you call this? It makes people scared. Uh, there's a there's a verse for that. The reason why we should be scared because we have to fear God. Because if you don't fear yeah. God, why would you obey? Him? You don't yep. fear Him. So the Lord should show that you should fear me. That, that, uh, sorry, not fear me when I'm saying it's the Lord is speaking uh, for that. That also the Bible says it, it says that we should fear the Lord. For God words that verse that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know you don't because fear is your motivation for you to to respect someone. The reason why we respect the government. We respect the military because of their might, because of their power to do something on us. So similar this, uh, similar also to God. We have to fear. Uh, he has to, yeah. He uses fear this for us to. Uh, that's a motivation for us. It's like jumping. It's like jumping from a plane. You know, it's the fear of falling down flat on the ground that makes you go get a parachute. So that you won't you won't die when you jump out of the plane. So it's it's the fear that motivates you. So fear is your friend in this context. The fear of the Lord is your friend, not the fear of you know not the fear of uh, getting ridiculed because you share the gospel. No, yep. the fear that we need is yep. to fear God. That's the only yep. fear that we need to have. Uh, this doctrine, this um, objections about this doctrine. Um, it says here, the doctrine is inconsistent with the love of God. So here's the answer to that. The same Bible, it's the same Bible speaks. Most of the people forget about, yes, that's true, God is love, but at the same time, God is just. And, and God is holy. The Lord cannot permit sin into His presence. God is balanced, both loving and just. It is possible that you are loving and just. Uh, I'll give you an example. You are both loving to... Uh, uh, the reason why God is loving because He gave us a chance. He gave us a chance. Uh, he gave us a chance to repent while we're living on this earth. God is love. Because if God, if God will just... Uh, if God doesn't love us, He will just go straight down to hell. No questions asked. But He gave us a chance. Yep. So that all of us will come to repentance. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why God is love. So you can see the. Uh, it doesn't contradict God's nature. If we really understand what the Bible says. Is there any need for eternal punishment? Won't all be sin be paid eventually? The punishment for each sin is death. It says here in Romans 3, 23. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, there's a 
Anyway, I'm, I'll, I'll get back to it. Okay, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's also said, but also the wages of sin. What? I forgot to put that verse in here. For the wages of sin. 6.23. Yes, thank you. So Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. Okay, I'm going to explain is what does this mean is wages. Wages is this is this is something that you earn. So which means when you earn something, let's say when you do a work, you get paid, right? Let's say per hour. So how much is per hour right now? Minimum wage, twenty-one dollars per hour. Is it twenty-one dollars an hour? So you get paid. Similar to sin, when when every time we sin, we get paid in death. So you get paid in death, you're going to hell. You sin another, you're going to hell. So how many, how many wages is that? We're probably already wealthy in terms of death. <clears throat> so that's that's how God describes it. That's why we. That's that's how uh, the Lord uh, uh, pictured uh, describes it. That whenever we sin, we pay in death. Because that's what we've heard. Um, it is not unjust to sentence men to eternal punishment for one sin. This is a really good point. Um, there is a verse for that. There's one question I ask. Let's say, do you think God is just? So, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. We all know, you know, logically speaking, let's say if Brother Matthew stole something, he gets one year sentence in prison. And then... Uh, let's say brother Adrian killed 10 people, one family, he knew crime. And then I will say, okay, I will judge brother Adrian also one year prison. Do you think that's acceptable? Every soul, every bit of your being, don't accept that. It's not just. And that is true. That is not just. Because there is a verse for that. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. For ye devour widows' houses, for all pretense, make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive what? Greater damnation. Which means you're still going to hell, but there's going to be a degree of hell. We don't know how many degrees there are, but still God is still just. So probably Hitler will be at the level 100, and some false prophets will be at level 99. We don't know. But still in hell, still painful. Okay, so still God is just. So there's still uh, uh, still holds true, still logically acceptable. Won't be doomed, repent and seek the Lord. Will be forgiven in hell. No, salvation is limited to this life only. That's why there's a there's a verse. Uh, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Yep. Not next month because yep. you don't know what tomorrow shall bring forth. Yep. Not next year. It has to be today. Because in hell, there won't be any repentance. It's done. It's done deal. The word eternal does, does not always mean some objection is say, ah, eternal doesn't always mean forever. There has to be a limit. But it's the same word that is used when it talks about the everlasting God. So if, if, if God doesn't end, so as hell. It doesn't end. Surely, uh, you do not believe in the literal lake of fire. Um, the truth is, well, as the Bible said so, 
let's say it's literally symbolical, but it is the point is it is still a place for punishment and for the bodies of souls of men and the devils who rejected the Lord. Surely you don't teach the God tortures the lost. Conscience and memory will torture one in hell. Uh, don't you think hell is a state? Um, some may argue it's a state of mind and not a place. Let's say probably, probably, but it's a definite place. It's both state and place. Of course, you're being punished in there, that's already hell. And also it's a literal place. Does hell means grave where both good and bad must go? So this is the common common uh, belief of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, because uh, we discussed that in the translation. They just took a one verse and they translated back, oh, this is means grave. But they did not take that those things into context. Both men want for the grave. This is also described in Luke 16, that it's not a grave. There's actually a little place for hell because this is the story in Luke 16. This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. They're both buried into the grave, but the other one went to uh, Abraham's bosom and the other one went to hell. You might be wondering, where is this Abraham's bosom? Abraham's bosom is also a, a place uh, close to hell. That's why there's a, not really close, there's a gulf between it. Uh, it's, Abraham's bosom is not heaven. The, the people died during the Old Testament, uh, died during the Old Testament, and they are saved. They, they, they come to this place, and when the Lord Jesus Christ died, that's the only time they all went to heaven. So yep. there's no more, there's no more uh, soul there in Abraham's bosom. It's completely empty. No one is in there because everyone already went to heaven. So this is just in the Old Testament. If when you're when you're saved, you are in uh, Abraham's bosom. Does hell or Hades or Gehenna or Sheol means annihilation only? So some believe uh, they call it we, we call this uh, annihilationist. It's like uh, when you go to hell, you get annihilated, you'll be gone. Thessalonians, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power, uh, refers to the result of or results or consequences of the punishment. So we sincerely believe that it is a punishment internal subject must be conscious to be punished. You cannot be, uh, you cannot punish the stone. So if you cannot feel anything, that's not really a punishment. So it doesn't make any sense. You have to be conscious. So it's, it's completely, some people argue that Luke 16 about Lazarus and the rich man is a parable. It's not a parable because it, it says there, Here's the proof is not a parable. In Luke 16, chapter 1, and he said uh, also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man. So it's a certain rich man, which means uh, it's an actual existing man. So it's not a parable. It's not an illustration. Uh, so that proves it. So it's not just destruction, it's actually an everlasting place. Um, will, will there not be a probationary period after death? This is what 
common belief of the Catholics. Uh, there's a probationary called, uh, what do you call that place? Purgatory, where you get purged and you go to heaven. If you're not purged, you go to hell. There's no such thing. It is described in Hebrews. Hebrews 9.27 You can open it with me. Uh, Hebrews 9.27 As it is appointed unto, man, unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So there's no... Alright. So we will continue discussing this next Sunday. So the next is the degrees of punishment. We will, we will discuss that and also the traditional belief versus the biblical views of hell. Alright, uh, we will continue next Sunday. Uh, let's close now in the word of prayer. Uh, Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for uh, this topic, Lord, that you've given to us. And also, Lord, thank you, Lord, for uh, uh, to remind us, Lord, about the dangers of hell. And also that this will motivate us, Lord, uh, help us, Lord, to get this uh, help us motivated to reach out Lord the lost and also Lord uh, bless the service the divine service for this morning again Lord we, we uh, uh, bless each and every one Lord uh, bless each who attended the Sunday school forgive us our sins shortcomings in Christ's name we pray Amen.